Welcome to The Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories about everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. I'm your host, Chien. It's been so much fun to hear how you all have been enjoying how personal our guests have been getting in sharing their stories of money and relationships and how that all works out in real life. Thank you so much for subscribing to our show and rating it. This is episode 5 of 11 on The Good Budget Way, season 1. Last time we heard from Matt and Janelle, who were here to share with us their story of figuring out how they could afford to retire near the people they love and want to grow old with, and in the process, choosing to move on to a boat. So if you haven't heard their story, and especially if you're interested in retirement or boats, go back and listen to it. I'm looking forward to today's episode. We're going to get to hear from Jeff, who's going to be telling us his story about purchasing a new car, even though he still had a perfectly drivable used car. He'll share with us how he thought about what was truly important and how he got to practice generosity along the way. And at the end, we'll get to hear from him how he's feeling about this decision a couple years later. Hey there, thanks so much for coming in today. Would you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Jeffrey, and I've got a CRV that I really love driving around. Oh, I see. So you've got an SUV. Is that right? It's a Honda CRV. Yeah, it's a Honda CRV. And how long have you had it? It's about two and a half years old now. Okay. Do you have anyone else who also drives your car? No, it's usually just me. Okay, mostly just you. So you're single, you and your car? Me, my car, to and from work, maybe okay. vacation. Okay. Um, and prior to this car, what were you driving? I had a 2009 Honda Civic. Okay, and how long did you have that one for? It was six years old when I ended up getting the CRV. It was six years old. That's still fairly new. I assume it was in decent condition. Yeah, it spent the first several years just as a weekend car. Oh, so it didn't even have that many miles on it. No, it was like way lower than than a normal car you'd expect to have. Okay, so there's got to be a story behind this, because you had a six-year-old car that was in decent condition, low mileage. What were you doing thinking about buying a new car? So I'd been doing a lot of backpacking with friends from our church, um, mostly other families and some of their kids, and uh, really realized that I wanted kind of more space to be able to go on these longer adventures and be able to take a full car of people and not be limited by the amount of stuff we could fit in the trunk of a Civic. Okay, that kind of makes sense to me, but it kind of doesn't, right? Because a single guy, if you wanted to go backpacking, you and all your backpacking stuff, more than you could carry on your back, would definitely fit in a Civic, I think, right? Yeah, but you couldn't fit five people and all their stuff for four days in a Civic trunk. Okay, so what's your relationship like with these people that you're bringing backpacking with you in your car? So they're mostly friends from church. Um, Sometimes it's families and they're teenage kids, or sometimes it's just the teenage boys and one of the other single guys from our church and we'll go on a week-long adventure. Oh, I see. So especially with like the teenage boys that they don't have their own cars or I don't know, can they even drive yet? No, most of them couldn't drive when we were even trying to plan some of these trips. Okay. It'd be me, one of the other guys, and we'd take as many of the boys as we could, which when you have a Civic means like two people and then you run out of (laughs) space. And all the stuff. Now, that makes sense. Um, so you're thinking about buying a car because there's these people that you care about and you, you like to take you like to take vacations with. 
Um, where was the money for this new car going to come from? So I'd been saving up for a little while and living at home and not really having to have a lot of expenses, living expenses. So I had managed to save up enough. And at that point felt like um, I had enough to comfortably be able to just buy a new car outright and mm-hmm. um, still have enough saved up for anything else that seemed like it would come up down the road. Okay, so that's a great tip for our listeners, right? There, You are saving for big expenses, which we talk about on The Good Budget Way, um, and it gave you the flexibility to buy something like a car, which is fairly expensive, um, with cash. Yeah, I felt like I had the cash to be able to do it. If I didn't and was going like, to need to take out a car loan or something, it probably wouldn't even have come up to consider buying a new car. Right, especially since you had the car that was only six years old with not a lot of miles on it. You could have kept driving that car, I assume. Right, yeah, definitely could have kept going. There was... Definitely nothing wrong with it, other than you couldn't take five people on a backpacking adventure. Okay, five people who are not your kids, but are young enough not yet to be able to drive. Right. And would need a ride. Yeah. Okay, so most single guys don't spend their vacations hanging out with teens or youth who are not their own children. Why was it so important to you to spend your vacation days with them? So I'd been involved in the youth ministry as part of our church and had been doing that for several years. And as part of that, had gotten to know some of these kids really well, um, and kind of especially the boys. And part of being able to build deeper and, lo- and stronger relationships with them really means just spending more time together, spending more time to be able to um, get to know them, to even if you're out doing something totally not related to um, mentoring, really just having time and space means that you get to have conversation that you wouldn't normally have. I see. So you had had relationship with them in your normal life outside of vacation time um, and had a sense that you wanted to go even deeper in relationship with them and that this kind of vacation and even maybe especially backpacking type of situation would give you space to have conversations, maybe some silly conversations and some serious ones. Yeah. So I think um, having relationship kind of on a normal week-to-week basis with them, seeing them every week at church and um, kind of already being part of their lives and them being part of my life was was there. But you kind of really just get stuck with the how are you doing every week mm-hmm. and don't really get to spend time digging into the, like, how are you doing at school or what are you thinking about in terms of the next schools that you're thinking about in the coming years. Hmm. Um, and that's the stuff that kind of comes up when you get to be able to have hours and hours together, um, which happens when you're on the trail. Yeah, you're on the trail, no screens, no other kinds of distractions. It's just you and the earth and each other. Yeah, and for me, backpacking is kind of a special thing because not a lot of them really get to have these vacations or have these trips and be able to do it together um, for them with each other and for me with them is kind of a special thing and it's kind of a bonding thing to some extent. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a bonding experience. And I love how you're describing the relationships, not just like you're investing in their lives, but it sounds like they've really enriched your life as well. Yeah, I feel like I've been challenged by them and some of their decisions that they've made as part of school um, and be able to hear that from them and be able to understand some of the rationale behind their decisions has been really, really helpful. So challenging in the sense of like they inspire you? Yeah. I see. So maybe paint us a picture of one of these kinds of conversations that you had on a backpacking trip. So 
I think just spending time together gives you opportunity to really just ask questions of what's going on. And so um, being able to hear from one of the boys that the school that they're at actually isn't working out really well um, and that they're thinking about transferring to another school that um, was not kind of initially on, even on the roadmap. But mm. um, to be able to hear that school's been hard, that maintaining friendships with other kids that are positive relationships has been difficult. Um, and just to really hear and get to be part of that process with them is something that you don't get when you only get five minutes and go, how are you doing? And the answer's fine. Yeah, it sounds like these young people are really opening up their lives to you, which it sounds like a total privilege. Yeah, it's definitely a very, very big privilege. And it's something that happens over time with a lot of trust. Okay, so there's these young people that you value so much that you are willing to take your vacation days and think about purchasing a car around maybe what they might need in building these relationships on these backpacking trips. So what did you actually do when you purchased the car? Where'd you go? So it started as kind of a what-if exploratory kind of thing. Um, I decided some Saturday to go down to one of the Honda dealerships just to take a look at the Honda CRV. Um, my parents had had a couple of them and I'd borrowed them, borrowed one of their cars a couple times and I just wanted to see what the newest the newest models had, what was different from what the ones that I'd driven around already. Um, so it was kind of a not really intending to buy a car, but somehow in the process of talking to a salesperson and you know them asking you the questions of, so are you ready to, to buy a car? What can I get to 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 get you in turned into actually a little bit more than I expected. What was the more than you expected? Um, I had planned on going in to just look at one, maybe figure out if there was actually enough space in the back to fit five backpacks and camping gear and ended up going home afterwards and contacting a couple other Honda dealerships to um, get some price quotes and do some comparison there. Oh, so it got pretty serious pretty fast. Yeah, it moved much faster than I kind of expected it to do. It's a good thing you had some money in savings, so you weren't uh, in over your head. Yeah, I don't think I would have even gone in if I wasn't considering buying a car. Mm -hmm. And it also sounded like you were pretty clear about why you were looking for a certain kind of car and a certain size. It wasn't kind of just like, oh, it would. I'm bored and I'm going to go check out a car dealership. You had a sense of a picture of the people as well as the particular use case um, that you were looking for. Right. I knew exactly kind of the kind of car that I wanted. So walking in was very clear that this is the one I wanted to look at and not, not kind of peruse the entire collection. That can be helpful to have some focus to your purchase process. Um, so I assume you bought the car because earlier you said you're driving a CRV. Yeah, so I ended up buying it from a different dealership, um, but definitely a lot sooner than I had kind of thought I would have would have happened. Um, I think it was like another week or week and a half later. Okay, so now you have two cars, but there's only one of you, so there's only one driver. What are you going to do with two cars as one driver? Right, that was part of kind of the interesting process of an unexpected thing. Um, when I had first gone in, they asked what kind of car I had and mm. if, 
if I wanted them to do a kind of trade and evaluation. Um, Did you do that? I didn't do the full evaluation. I think they kind of looked at it and said, oh, yeah, we could probably give you like blue book value for it. Okay. And blue book value on a six-year-old car with low mileage, it had to be, I mean, way more than like just a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely more than a couple hundred dollars. But I think I was surprised by how, actually how low it was oh. given given kind of the age. Um, given that the car is only six years old and you probably expect it to go maybe 10, 15, I think you, you'd say that it had like another half of its life left, but it was worth less than half of what I had paid for it originally. I see. Huh. So what did you do with that information then once you found out that they could give you money if you traded it in, but maybe not as much as you had thought compared to not as value to you, but how much useful life it still had? It seemed like it would probably be worth more to somebody else as just a car, um, as a car with another you know, six, maybe 10 years left on it than than the dollars that they'd give me for the car. Um, So I started thinking about folks that I knew who might be looking for a car, might need a car, um, or otherwise be interested in having a used car. I see. So you then at that point moved on from thinking about simply trading in as the only option to then thinking about, it sounds like not even listing on Craigslist, but specific people that you had in mind who might need what you had? Yeah, I think between different relationships that I have directly with folks in our church, in my church, or um, kind of secondhand relationships through there, there's definitely a large network of folks who could potentially need a car. I Um, see. There are some other church communities who share cars and would possibly want one. Um, so then I, I think I started talking to different folks about that. So who did you talk to first? Um, so first, I think, was a text to Dale. He's got a community of folks who kind of share things, and one of the things that they share is cars. And I know that he's been driving around multiple different cars, and so I texted him and asked him, hey, would you guys be interested in buying a used car? Um, so did Dale need to buy a car or his his group of friends? He said they're always interested, um, but for the kind of car that I had and what cars they usually bought, um, it would be one of the nicer cars that they've ever ever bought and would probably not be able to offer what um, what I might be able to get for it so from somewhere else. And did you ultimately sell the car to Dale? No, I didn't. And why didn't you do that? Um, I think I realized in thinking about that and the whole, you know, if they weren't going to be able to give me the the blue book value for it, um, that what else, you know, are there other folks who might be able to use the car also that I have deeper and closer relationship with? The way you're thinking about it, it doesn't quite sound like I'm looking for someone to buy my car or I'm looking for someone to pay me for a car. Because you keep saying that you're thinking about people who could use a car. Tell me more about that. I think it turned into less of what value can I get from the car into what value can someone else have out of the car. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. In the Good Budget Way, we talk about giving generously. And I think the beginning of that process of imagining what it looks like to give generously starts with that turn from what do I get out of this to what could someone else gain from this, which is what you're describing right now. Right. It was not trading in the car, getting some value out of it was not a factor in needing in being able to buy a new car. And because so, you had the savings. Right. I had the savings. And so it turned into a what, in some ways, an optimization of what value can be gotten out of the car. Mm-hmm. And for someone else, not necessarily for yourself. Or just in general, what kind of, uh-huh. what's the best value that mm-hmm. we can get out of this as a, as a group of people? Hmm. That's actually really interesting to me because it you're talking about what's the best value for a group of people, even though you're a single guy. And I assume your budget is mostly it's your own decision, what you do with the income that you earn and other choices that you make. Um, and myself as a mom of two, I necessarily have to make budget decisions with my husband and around our two young children. And I, I have budget fantasies about like, wouldn't it be nice if I could just make financial decisions around me, myself and I and not worry about these other people? But you are kind of doing the opposite, right? You're single. You could make decisions around you, yourself, and you. doesn't sound the same that way. But you're involving other people and thinking about value for other people in a larger group. Yeah, I think being able to have that freedom to make a decision just on your own then kind of turns into a freedom to explore, be able to even optimize some of that in a in the larger context. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of an optimization geek. <laughs> and so um, be able to get the most value out of that within a larger context was very intriguing that I could trade in the car, but whatever whatever use could come out of that value would be less because whenever you trade something in, you're going to lose something to the middleman. Um, you know, you can trade it in and then take that money and go buy another used car, but you're going to lose something in the process because the used car people are going to take something out. Um, but if you have the car and you just and somebody else just got to be able to have that value, then um, it's even better. Yeah, and it sounds like that larger context you're talking about is a relational context. It's people that you know. You were thinking about specific people. You started with Dale. Uh, who did you think about next? Because Dale and his friends didn't end up buying this car from you. So the next one was, um, I think later that evening, a phone call to another friend, Jeff. His name is also Jeff. Yeah. Okay. So we'll call him Other Jeff. Okay. Um, so him and his four kids, who at that point, the oldest two were in college and high school and were either driving or learning how to drive. Um but they live like 20 minutes from um, kind of the rest of our church and rest of our uh, friends. And they had one, one car and then a really old truck named Regine. Oh, the, the car truck has a name. Yes, nice. the truck has a name and its own distinctive character. <laughs> what's the car's sorry the truck's character um it's an older ford f-150 and um it's got a padlock on the hood and i believe other jeff uh will hotwire it to start it (laughs) 
<laughs> nice. And so is this what his kids, his teen kids were driving around as well? Oh, definitely not. Oh, uh, okay. That, that was kind of his his car and uh, no one else in the family gets to could really drive it around. Okay, so dad gets to drive the truck that needs to be hotwired, whose name is Regine. And then mom and the two other older kids who are of driving age, they're sharing right, everyone another else, car. Everyone else shares the other car. Okay. So what happened when you contacted him? So I called him and said, um, hey, Jeff, would you guys be interested? Would you use a Honda Civic? And what did he say? And I think the reply was, um, I guess, sure. Okay, so this sounds like it's the beginning of a really awkward phone call. Yeah, it was definitely not a typical phone call. Um, it was not a phone call that you kind of start on a regular basis. Um, I don't normally call Jeff to begin with. Okay. So to call out of the blue and ask, could you guys use a Honda Civic was an odd start to a conversation. Did he think you were like pulling a prank on him or something? No, I think we know each other well enough to, to kind of understand when you're when we're pulling pranks on each other. Okay. What's your relationship with other Jeff like? Um, it's a pretty practical one. So we'll have tech conversations together. Um, and how long have you known each other? We've known each other probably over a decade. Oh, okay. Wow. And what about your relationship with his kids that are of driving age? So I got to have them as part of the youth group for a couple of years. Um, they were kind of on the older end when I started with the youth ministry group. I see. So you have a fairly close relationship with his kids as well. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense why you would randomly call him, even though you don't often call him to say, hey, could you use a Honda Civic? Right. I think I knew enough about their family and what's going on with with them to know that it's a family of four drivers and one usable car. <laughs> okay. Well, the other one's usable. It's just that it has to be hotwired. Yeah. So... You called him. He knew you weren't pulling a prank on him, but was he like sure? Okay, I, he's serious. Um, I think he was a little confused as to the nature of of what I meant by "could you use the Honda Civic." Um, what did you mean? I meant if I gave you a Honda Civic, would you use it? If I gave it to you, like it's a free gift, or if I if I if I showed up and handed you keys to it and said, here, this is yours, take okay. it. And what did he say? Um, he said, I guess, and was a little hesitant about it, I think. But what, what do you think that hesitation was about? I think the hesitation was that people don't normally do that. People don't normally give you a car. Yeah, well, on Oprah they do. Well, okay. Oprah's <laughs> special. But you're not Oprah. It, no. You're special, but you're not Oprah. There's only one. So you had this kind of awkward phone call, even though you do know each other. What happened next after this phone call? Um, I think we took a little bit of time to think about it. Um, but my process with buying a car was probably moving along as well. Um, so we talked again the next time we saw each other at church. And um, he was willing to accept the car, but wanted to offer um, a small payment for it as a, I think as a way of 
expressing their gratitude, um, but also as a family being able to express and exercise some some form of um, responsibility for, for having a car. That's so interesting. Here on one side, you're saying, hey, do you want to have a car? I'll give it to you for free. And then on this other side, other Jeff has been offered a car for free and he's saying, hey, I'd like to pay you something for it. That's kind of backwards, right? Because it would, in the normal story, it's a little more like you, Jeff, have a car you're trying to sell and you want to sell it for a certain price. And then he, other Jeff, should be trying to talk down your price. But you guys are actually doing the opposite. You're offering, the, the seller's offering the low price and the buyer's offering the higher price. Right. It's, it's kind of odd, but um, I think it's this interesting thing of generosity where I felt really free to be able to give away a car that I wasn't going to need. Um, and on the other side, they felt this, this desire to express gratitude. That's beautiful. It's definitely, it's kind of like two sides of what we talk about in the good budget way. The giving generously, which is giving money and more. In your case, the more is a car, um, which could have been sold for a certain number of dollars. And then on their side, they're practicing gratitude. And the way they're actually doing that is by paying you something for the car that you're going to be giving them. That's great. So how long has it been since you bought the CRV and then sold the Civic to other Jeff? It's been about two and a half years now. Okay, so you've been living with this pair of decisions for two and a half years, both the purchase of the new car as well as the sale of the old, perfectly useful car. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about this now that you've been living with it? I really enjoy my car. Um, It's a lot of fun. What's been fun about it? We've taken it on a handful of trips so far, and we're going to take it up to Yosemite in a couple weeks. Oh, I'm jealous. And we cram, or I will cram, four other high schoolers in the car on a fairly regular basis and we'll go out to get some food or just go to go to some other thing yeah so it sounds like you've been able to continue in deepening those relationships as you had before you had the car as well as what you kind of imagined having this new bigger car would enable you to do Mm -hmm. so you're going to yosemite who all is going on this trip how many people um so this year will be Maybe 12 folks. Oh, wow. Which is a very large group for a backpacking trip. Yes. How many of these are adults? How many are youth or teens? There are four adults, and I guess I would leave eight kids, two of them being on the slightly younger end. Slightly younger being? Uh, going to fourth grade and going to seventh grade. Oh, wow. How many miles are you all going to hike? We're going to about 20. 20 miles. That's a lot of miles for quality conversations. Yes, we will have four days together, including two four-hour road trips. So I can imagine these relationships among these 12 people across 20 miles and two four-hour road trips could either get way deeper and richer, or you all could be tearing your hair out, or tearing each other's hair out. I'm expecting the first one. Yes? Why, why do you think that? Um, we've done this before. This, okay. This will not be the first time. Um, and I think we're all very excited to be able to do this together yeah it sounds like it's in line with the relationships you've been building and the way that you've been making space for those deeper conversations Mm -hmm. and how do you feel about having sold your perfectly useful car for i assume it was a little less than market price um it's actually kind of exciting to see other jeff show up to church or see see it around different places why is that exciting to you you're not the one driving uh it's getting use 
so the that optimization that happened is definitely working out where um there's value being had and gained out of someone else having the car that's so interesting because you're talking about optimization, but you're not talking about optimization for yourself. And you're talking about value, but you're not talking about value for yourself. It's someone else's value for other Jeff, but you're the one who's taking joy in it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those, it's like giving a gift. You enjoy seeing somebody else have have use or pleasure out of that gift. Um, and for me, seeing them seeing their family be able to use the car um, is definitely a lot of fun and makes me makes me really happy that that's how things worked out. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming in to share your story with us. Sure. What a fun story. I did not expect this conversation about how Jeff bought a new car to involve so many different people because he's a single guy, right? But it sounds like he was super clear on what's truly important to him and to him the relationships he has with these young men are one of the most important things in his life. And so he was willing to spend on what's important by purchasing a car that would enable them to go deeper on in their relationships on these backpacking trips. The other thing that is really fun about this story is that Jeff embodies what we talk about in the good budget way, give money and more. In his case, he wasn't actually giving dollars away, but he was really free to give away the car that he had that was still useful, still drivable to this other family, other Jeff. And in that process, we saw how other Jeff and his family practiced gratitude, which is another thing that we talk about in the good budget way. So for me, it inspires me to imagine what it looks like to give more not money, but more. And what might that be? And in my case, because I have young kids, we have so much clothes and so many toys that our kids either are already grown out of or will soon be. And it helps me imagine what it looks like to be generous with stuff and not just with dollars as we think about passing stuff down as hand-me-downs to other families. Next time, I'm going to have a really special guest on. Now, all of our guests, of course, have been special, but this one is the most specialist to me, and his name is Bruce. He's my husband. He and I are going to share our story of going from no kids to then one and two kids and budgeting along the way to figure out baby expenses as well as childcare expenses and who's going to work more or less, all in the hopes of continuing to live out our values and deepening our relationship as a family as well as relationships with other people in our broader community. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe for more and rate to help other folks find it as well. And let us know what you thought of Jeff's story over on our website at goodbudget.com slash tag slash podcast. And if he inspired you to budget with a Y, head on over to goodbudget.com to get started on your budget with our fantastic tools. Or you can go straight to the App Store or Google Play to get the Good Budget app. Happy budgeting! Happy budgeting!